And so tonight, with the Lord's help and his enablement, if you have your Bibles this evening, I want to be ministering this evening out of the book of Psalm, chapter 1 in the book of Psalm, and on the thought of don't, don't, don't do. And I want you to say that with me. Don't, don't, don't do. Now look at somebody like you're almost upset at them and say it. Don't, don't, don't do. Look at somebody else like you're really upset and say, don't, don't, don't do. It is my objective tonight that this will be in your heart and that you will have it in your inscription upon your tablets, your journals, and your record keepings that you would be able to re be able to live this out this weekend and going into this next chapter and season of our life together. As I stand here tonight, I realize that I am blessed. Everybody say amen. amen. I am blessed. Most of us desire to be blessed. In fact, I would dare say there's not a person in this room that doesn't want to be blessed. All of us want to be blessed. But what does it mean when someone says, I'm blessed? We used to have a guy in the church way back in the day, 20 years ago, and I would call him by name, say, how are you doing, brother? And he'd say, blessed. <laughs> That's how he sounded. I kid you not. I'm really good at not mocking, but I'm really good at, um, uh, what's that called? Uh, huh? impersonating. There it is. I'm good at that. And I'd say, how are you doing, brother? He'd say, blessed. And I mean, every, I just said it to hear him say it. You know, I wanted to hear him say, blessed. So would you just practice that with me? One, two, three. Blessed. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pull your chin in real good. When you say. And so when you hear someone say, I'm blessed, in fact, somebody asked me this, morning, this afternoon coming in, how are you, Pastor? I said, I'm blessed, highly favored, and very attractive to God. They were like, oh. You know, have you ever been around somebody that's like a, they just throw out them one-liners, zing, they got a one-liner. But what does it really mean when someone says, I'm blessed? In, in the connotation that we could describe tonight, when someone says, I'm blessed, what we're really saying is, I'm favored of the Lord. I'm favored of God. In fact, if you believe this, and even if you don't say it by faith, say, I'm God's favorite. I'm favored of the Lord. And my, the favor of the Lord that is upon me has caused me to live in a blessed state, a state of mind, a state of being. I'm blessed of the Lord. I know why I'm blessed, and I know who blessed me. I didn't get this blessing on my own. I didn't get this blessing because of what side of the tracks I was raised on or the color of my skin or my socioeconomic situation. The blessing of the Lord reigns upon everybody. Can you say amen? The blessing of the Lord is not equated to just uh, money and, and health. The blessing of the Lord is, is a condition of the soul. It is the soul prospering. And beloved, I would that you be in good health even as thy soul does prosper. God wants you to be blessed, mind, body, and soul. He wants you to be completely blessed. And so I know why I'm blessed and I know who has blessed me. So how do you really know if you're blessed? You might think, well, I want to be blessed. And they said I was blessed. And they said if I gave $1,000 to the TV evangelist, I'd be blessed, but my blessing wouldn't go into action until I cash apped them. That's not a blessing. That's a pimp. This is a Wednesday night tough crowd, isn't it? You don't have to cash app for a prophetic word to come to pass in your life. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one here. How do I know if I'm blessed? One of the ways that you can determine if you're blessed is to see whether or not you are in alignment. 
Where the Bible says that the oil ran upon the head of Aaron all the way down through his beard down to the hem of his garment. It is the illustration of, an, of the letter A, if you will. It is a blessing that starts from the head and goes all the way down to the hem. One of the ways that you can know that you're blessed is to check and see, am I in alignment? Am I in alignment with the word of God? Am I in alignment in relationships? It's quiet. Am I in alignment in all areas that the scriptures teach me to walk in obedience in? Am I in alignment? Because if you can bring yourself into alignment, not only will you be blessed, you will be more blessed. If I can get into an aligned situation because I'm in right posture and a alignment, the blessing of the Lord will overtake me and overflow in my life. Now, I want to read out of the book of Psalms tonight because in this particular passage, there is a formula for aligning yourself to receive a blessing. Where? Where do you need a blessing? Your home? your marriage, your family, your finances, your employment, your business. Can I get an amen from anybody? I need a blessing in all those areas. So I have to follow the formula of God in order to find myself in alignment to receive those blessings. Now, there are don'ts and there are a do that I want you to see tonight. Some don'ts and a do. Everybody say don'ts and a do. In Psalm chapter one, starting in verse one, the Bible said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He says in this particular passage, I will not bless you if you listen to ungodly, worldly, secular advice. Now, before you tune me out and march out and say that pastor doesn't know what he's talking about, hold on with me because I want to bring the word to life. I want you to see what the, what the writer said here. God says in this writing, he walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly because when you put yourself in a place where you are receiving counsel from ungodly people and counsel from worldly people, counsel from people who know not the spirit of God, then you are positioning yourself in a place of naturalness and not a place of supernaturalness. And you're just vulnerable to whatever is going on in the world. So when I listen to the counsel of ungodliness, I become vulnerable to whatever they say. Whatever trend is happening, whatever's being said, then if I take counsel to that, then the Bible said that I'm not blessed unless I do not take counsel. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of who? The ungodly. So I don't want to receive a natural wisdom. I want to receive a supernatural wisdom. If the world goes up, you go up when you take the counsel of the ungodly. If the world goes down, you go down because you take the counsel of the ungodly. When you're walking in the counsel or the wisdom of the advice of the ungodly, whichever way the world goes is the way you go because you take the counsel in that direction. Now listen, on one level, that says to me this, that I don't let ungodly people advise me. I don't let people who are worldly tell me how to have a sanctified marriage. I don't, tell, I don't have people who don't tithe teach me about prosperity and blessing. I don't let ungodly things or ungodly people advise me. I don't let the world advise me. I'm not moved by the trends that I see that are happening in the world. In fact, can I say to you tonight that I've got to stand independent from that and say, God, what are you saying to my life? 
Not what are they saying, not what is sister so-and-so saying, not is what the news saying, not what the internet is saying, but God, what are you saying unto my life? I want the counsel of godliness. I want Holy Ghost direction. Can I get an amen from this sanctified church? I want Holy Ghost direction. So I'm going to stand independent of ungodly counsel and say, God, what are you saying to me? Because I don't want to just follow the course of this world because there's one, that's just one level and that sounds real easy to do, but it's really not easy to do at all. In fact, let me give you Romans chapter 12 and verse two. And the Bible says in this particular passage, Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what did he say? Paul said, be not conformed to this world. Don't shape yourself around what's going on in the world. To conform to something means that you shape yourself around it. And God said, do not shape yourself, do not conform yourself to this world. Do not shape yourself, come on somebody, with what is going on in this world. Don't shape around it. Don't make everything congruent with worldliness in your life. Be not conformed to this world. Now that's one thing, so that you're not moving in the formation or the alignment of the world. I will not be conformed because just the world, when the world, when you're conformed to the world's going and then what happens is when when the world goes under you are not meant to go under but when the world goes under you go under because you are shaped to and conform to the world just because the world is wild doesn't mean you have to be wild just because the world is up in, is it unrest doesn't mean you have to be unre in unrest because you're not conformed to this world. Come on and preach with me here. I'm not going to lose sleep at night and cannot rest in my mind and rest in my bed because of the troublings that are happening on the news or in the streets. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Can I preach to a church that understands we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So be not conformed. Do not be shaped around this world. And there are many people in the church today who are totally fed from the world. They let the world feed them. They let the news feed them. They let Hollywood feed them. It's quiet in here because they really don't spend enough time hanging out with godly people. We work around secular people. Half of our family are secular people. Our next door neighbor are secular people and so I got this one little hour on a Wednesday night to come against all those other hours that are bombarding your spirit and your soul by giving you all kinds of ungodly information in the newspaper and in the, in the internet and the television and everything else that's saying something contrary and God is saying don't be conformed to this world but but rather be transformed. Now to conform is to shape around, but to transform is an inner thing. Come on, smile. To conform is to shape around something, but to transform is an inward thing. It's like a worm that turns into a butterfly, affectionately known as Charlotte. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Affectionately known as a caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. I may be off in my cartoon. But it is a metamorphosis. It starts internally and it affects externally. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. 
So my question tonight, and this is what I mean, I've come digging tonight, and I've come hoping to get you to dig deep with me. How can I get the best part of me to come out? How can I get the essence of me, the best part of me, to come out so that I evolve and I develop and I become who God wants me to be? Because woe unto me if five years from now I look back over my shoulder and I'm the same mindset, the same old mess, the same old problems. Preaching there, Pastor. How do I get the best part of me to come out? If I didn't say anything, I said something tonight to leave you shouting with. I need the best part of me to come out. Come on, somebody. I need the best part of me to evolve and develop and to become who God wants me to be because I don't want to crawl on this level when God called me to fly on that level. I don't want to live the rest of my life like a worm when God wants to give me wings to fly. I can't get no amens in this house. I want to transform because if I don't get transformed, I'm going to live my life frustrated and people who will not transform will always be frustrated. Frustrated with their marriage, frustrated with their ministry because they won't let God change them. I like to be around people that help me transform. Help me get to my next level. And I've said this before in my preaching, but it's worth saying again, I like to be around people that bring the wings out of me and not the worm out in me. You've got to determine that you're going to associate with people who bring the wings out in you or the worm out in you. you got both in you. Can I get an amen from somebody? You can be wormy or you can be wingy. Depends on who you're with. And I've determined I'm too far in this thing and I'm on nearly on the other side of COVID. Everything's about to change in my life. I'm not associating with people who bring my food on the worm level and want me to crawl and lick it. I want to get around people who will bring me up to the wing level so I can fly like God told me to. I wish I had a hundred thousand people who would spread their wings and say, yes! You got both in you. There's a worm in you and there's wings in you. I know y'all looking good tonight. Y'all came in dressed nice with your nice designer masks. You smelling good. You look real churchy. Come on now, I got your hair done, your nails done, your eyelids done, your eyebrows are no longer a unibrow. Come on now. But you got a worm down in you you know, you know, and there are certain people that'll put food down on the ground for you and want you to crawl over and lick that food up. Those are wormy people. They do wormy things and they bring out the worm in you. And if you're not careful, they'll bring you all the way down from flying to crawling again because they only can appeal to your wormy nature and not to your wings. You've got to be transformed and that takes place in you. How am I transformed? Look at somebody and ask them the question, how are you transformed? Is it a matter of discipline? Well, can I, just, can I be transformed just by discipline alone? I believe that's part of it. But if the discipline is just an external thing, hear me, if discipline is just an external thing, so that you can fit in with church people, then it's never gonna work. Mm. Because transformation doesn't come by wearing long dresses. <laughs> That's quiet. Or changing the way you dress. 
or now you got a church dance that you get on when you go to church. I know you're saying, please don't, pastor, please don't. And so many people come to church and they put on the attributes of outward Christianity, but they have no inner transformation to go along with it. That's why they shout and run the aisles and say, ooh, I caught the Holy Ghost, but live like hell Monday through Friday, shacked up, fornicating with everybody. Nobody wants to amen me because there's been no transformation. It's not that you don't sense the power of God. It's not that you don't feel his presence move, but there has to be a transformation. And I'll go to the grave preaching this kind of message because you can conform to anything. But he said, be not conformed to this world, but rather I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There has to be an inward transformation or you just putting on a show for all of these church folks. <laughs> gotta have counseling, gotta have therapy, gotta have everybody help us because we refuse to be transformed. <laughs> they look like saints they walk like saints, they talk like saints, but on the inside, they're dead man's bones. And Jesus said they're like Pharisees. Externally, they know how to change everything, but internally, they've changed nothing. You can come here and shout and go home, turn into the screaming demon and yell at your family turn into the beast of revelation. He's quiet in here. I come to tell you tonight, church, transformation starts on the inside. And the Bible says that the way you transform is by the renewing of your mind. Say this with me. It's a mind thing. It's not an external thing. It's a mind thing. It's a transformation by the renewing of your mind. And that's how you begin to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I, I just want to help somebody here. That's how you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly because you let your mind be renewed. Now, if you're going to be renewed in your mind, your mind becomes what it eats. If you watch anything all the time, you become that. If you read anything all the time, you become that. If you read science books all the time, you become a scientist. That's all the school does. It directs you to what you read so you can become that. You can walk in the school a student, you can come out a doctor. How did they make you a doctor? Did they give you an injection? No, they just fed your mind and your mind transformed to what it was reading. So you're going to become whatever you read on Facebook. So whatever you're feeding your mind, your mind becomes whatever you feed it. If you feed your mind militant stuff, you'll become militant. If you feed your mind racist stuff, you will become racist. Children don't come here racist. You ain't never seen a racist baby. A baby sticking his tongue out at a nurse because she's a different color or a different this or a different that. No, that's learned behavior. They sat around it. They heard it. It was taught to them. They were exposed to it. You become whatever you feed yourself. Woo, it's quiet in this sanctified church. So if you're going to transform your mind, you've got to change what you read and change who talks to you and change who hangs around you 
and you'd be surprised how much change would come in your life if you would stop hanging around wormy people. It's so quiet in here. Blessed is the man who walketh not. You want to know how to be blessed? Do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. If you're having trouble in your marriage, don't find the person at work who's been divorced 20 times and ask them for marriage help. They'll be happy to talk you out of yours and tell you all the good reason you need to leave that bum. Come on, somebody. The devil is a lie. Hang around some godly people. Look at the second part of verse 1. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. That's the second don't. The first don't is don't take counsel from ungodly people. Secondly is don't stand in the way of sinners. Now I want to say something here because it's funny that I used to look at this verse and this text and I always looked at it from the original language and I thought it was that you don't stand in the way of sinners preventing them to come to Christ. Don't be a stumbling block. But that's not all of it. It really means that you don't stand in the path or in the way of sinners. In other words, to stand in the way of sinners, God says, I'll bless you if you don't adopt their way. I'll bless you if you don't adopt the sinner's way. So he told me, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And now he tells me, don't get in their ways. Don't stand in their ways. Mm. So I don't walk like them. And he said, I don't always get the, I shouldn't have the ways of them. So don't walk with the counsel of the ungodly and don't stand in the ways of the sinner. Don't get in their walk. And don't get in their way. I'm trying to help a church. A way is a tendency. Because we can all look at somebody and say, I know your ways. I know your ways because I know your family. And your family has ways. Oh my, it's quiet in here. I have ways. You have ways. Come on, listen to me. Like, listen, you, you ain't, you're not really hateful, but you got hateful ways. You're not really ugly, but sometimes you have ugly ways. You got ways like your family. You got some ways. Look at somebody say, you got ways. You didn't do what they did, but you still got their ways. Are you with me? To be blessed, I believe we must change our way. What could happen if you could change your way tonight? What would happen when you walk out of here if you decided once and for all, I'm going to change my ways. Once and for all, I'm not going to act like my family. Once and for all, everybody in my family's perverted, but I'm not going to be. I'm going to change my ways. You could change your way to the degree you could save your marriage. You could change your way. Isn't that something tonight? They loved you, but now they're sick of fighting your ways. They still love you, but they're sick of your ways. Come on, somebody. You could change your ways and probably be the happy the rest of your life. You can change. You can change. You can change. You can change. How come we're nice to people we don't know, but we're hateful and mean to our own family and the people we do know? No, God's saying change your ways. You have control over yourself. Quit saying, well, I can't help myself. You know how I am. No, that is nothing but the flesh talking. Do not stand in the ways of the sinner. Come on, church. The Bible said that you can control even the Holy Spirit. Somebody said, Pastor, what do you mean? The Bible says in the book of Corinthians that the spirit is subject to the prophet. And let me give you some more Bible. For it says, quench not the Holy Ghost. 
which means you have the power in your ways to grieve him, to quench him, to stop him from moving in your life. You can quench the Holy Ghost. And if you've got that much power that you can quench the Holy Spirit, then surely you can quench your nasty mouth. Didn't say it to get an amen, but I want you to understand you have the power to change. God says one of the don'ts is not to develop the ways of the sinners. Don't stand in the ways of the sinners. Don't have sinful ways. Don't get their ways. Don't go their way. Don't do the things that they do. Everything about it, you can change yourself. Everything about it, you have the power to change and the rest of it is completely up to God. But there are certain things you can change. Certain people you don't need to be around anymore. Certain ways you can change in your own life. Little ways, little signals you send off even in the way you dress and in the way that you behave. Come on somebody, you're struggling with what's going on in your mind and that may be true, but that don't mean you have to dress like that or act like that because you have the power to change your ways. Come on now. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners. That's the two don'ts. Are you ready for the third? And the third is this. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, don't start congregating and hanging around with or interacting with bitter people. Somebody say, Lord, help me with my scornfulness. You got to get rid of it. Hear me tonight. You've got to get rid of it. I know people do things that hurt you. Everything is not fair. Everything's not just. Everything's not right. And sometimes you've done the very best and you don't get selected and you don't get the opportunity and you've gotten, you've not got the recognition that you think you deserve, you can't afford to get bitter. You can't afford uh, to get down in bitterness. You'll never get better if you remain bitter. You gotta get that out of you. Oh, I feel like preaching tonight. You gotta get that bitter spirit out of you. If, you. if you gotta cough it up, cough it up. If you gotta throw it up, throw it up. If you've gotta pray it up, pray it up. If you've gotta counsel it up, counsel it up. If you gotta therapy it up, therapy it up. You gotta get counseling, whatever. If you have to have treatment, treatment it up. If you need medication, get you some. Whatever it takes, get that bitter spirit out of you. I don't know why I'm preaching like this tonight, but I feel like helping somebody in the Lord. I have much more. I don't have time to even unpack all that. But the Bible said, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't allow yourself to become eat up with bitterness. Now, I've given you three don'ts. Now, let me give you a do. Everybody say do. Or is everybody still want to be blessed? You said you did at the beginning. Look at verse two of Psalm chapter one. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So when you begin to make a transformation in your behavior and your habits, and you get the word of God in you, you get in the word and then the word gets in you. You get in the word and the word gets in you. And that's where transformation starts. Somebody said, well, pastor, I'm not good with my Bible. Well, the best thing for people to do who do not find that they're good with their Bible or to Bible studies, then study what I've taught. Study the text from the, from the week. Don't grab something that you don't have any commentary on and then just start with that and then don't know what, how it's been explained. Find something that's been explained that you've taken notes on, my mind, and go back and read it and just study that. Oh, come on. And, and, and let me, if you'll let me, I'll just be your training wheels until you can come to a place where you can take your training wheels off and you can study whatever you want. I, can, I just want to encourage you. Don't say, I don't know what to study. Study what you've been taught. Study what's been explained. And you'll have something to go on. Am I helping anybody? Look at the first three says. He said, and he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And I'm going to take this thing in bulk tonight because I'm running out of time. But I want you to see this just a little bit different because it says, then he shall be like a what? A tree planted by what? Rivers of water and brings forth what? Fruit when? In his season. So when we see that the Bible says that you become a tree planted, planting always references stability. Anybody that you see, don't go to that slide yet. Anybody, anybody that you can see that is planted is going to be a person that's stable. Can, can you say amen? They're a stable person. And then the Bible says that they're for, they bring forth fruit in their own season, which speaks of timing. Now listen, I, I just want to stay here for a minute. Because when you see somebody who's been planted, then you can see stability. And, and if, do we need stability today? Do you have any references of anybody that took a licking and kept on ticking? People who didn't backslide because of COVID-19? People who didn't back, fall out because of everything happening in the world? They just kept on keeping on. They've lived through cancer. They've lived through hurt. They've lived through death. They've lived through all this stuff and they still haven't given up. If you want to know who to surround yourself with, you need to find some people that have some stick to that are stable people, that are stick to it, that haven't gone by the wayside, that haven't fallen sure they've got wounds they've got scars but their beauty marks in the eyes of God because those were things that they had to learn how to overcome if I'm going through something don't send me somebody who never comes to church who's always calling off send me somebody who has walked through the fires of hell to gather around my bedside and pray me out lay a bible on my chest and speak a word of deliverance that's who I want I don't want flaky, wormy people coming to pray for me in the hospital. I wish I could tell a story right here, but if I do it, I would expose the guilty. And some of you are just juicy enough to warn me. Well, I'm not telling you. The Bible said that they bring forth their fruit in season. <laughs> Stay out of my message. You get me? <laughs> the Bible says that they bring forth in what? Season. Season speaks of timing. And this is the thing about blessings. You have, you have to understand that there's a timing dimension to your blessing. I, I, I wish I had time. I wish I had time to preach this. There is a timing bless attached. There's a timing dimension attached to your blessing. There's a time, there's a season for every purpose under heaven. And just because it ain't today doesn't mean that God's not going to bless you. Because my Bible says, they that wait up on the Lord shall renew their string. They shall mount up with wings like evil eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not fainted. I heard the writer said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Be not deceived. What God, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man souls that shall he also reap. I'm here to tell somebody tonight on this Wednesday night that it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You say, but when is it coming, Lord? Here's when it's coming. It's coming in your due season. God's going to send it to you. Don't rush the season. Thank God for the winter. Thank God for the spring. Thank God for the summer. Thank God for the fall. Thank God for all of that. I'm telling you, any time I've had to go through a season that I didn't understand, kind of like the last three or four months. You know what that has been for me, Sister Price? It has been a time for me to rethink. It's been a time for me to refurbish. It's a time for me to re-aim. It's a time for me to refuel. It's a time for me to reignite myself. Thank God that you're just not bearing fruit always around the clock. You can't bear fruit all the time. You can't bear 
fruit 24-7. There are times you've got to have quiet time. There's times you've got to have reflective time. There's times you've got to have family time. You needed some time to get your own self together. You needed some time to readjust your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a dimension to the blessing of God. That's why the Bible says you will bear fruit in season. You can't bear fruit 24-7. There has to be a right season. And I want the church to catch this because look what the Bible goes on to say. He shall bring forth fruit in his own season and his leaf shall not wither. Now this is what the Holy Ghost, ooh, I wish I had, because I could have started right here. A leaf doesn't have anything to do with the fruit. Somebody needs to write this down. A leaf doesn't have anything to do with the fruit. But God said, I will watch over your leaf to keep your leaf from withering. Ooh, the Holy Ghost has been teaching me something here. Ooh, hallelujah. The leaf doesn't have anything to do with the fruit in this passage. But God said, I will cause your leaf not to wither. In other words, that speaks of God saying, I'm going to sustain you. Have you ever had God sustain you? I mean, it wasn't your season to be fruitful, but you were still sustained. <laughs> you weren't fruitful, but you were leafful. Ooh, I felt a new word come. You weren't fruitful, but you were leafful. Hallelujah. Oh, he'll sustain you. You're blessed because he sustained you coming in and coming out. Is there anybody leafful here tonight? You haven't seen the fruit you want, but he has kept you from withering. I need to remind some folks here today, you're going to bring fruit in your own season. You were blessed tonight to get out of bed this morning. Blessed to feel well enough to come to church. You were blessed enough to be able to put your own clothes on yourself. You were blessed to brush your teeth. You were blessed to be able to drive here in your automobile. You ought to thank God right now that you are blessed. Everything you got is blessed. Every breath you take is blessed. It may not be what I got it may not be what he got. It may not be what she got. But don't compare yourself to anybody else. He said, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And you will bring forth your own fruit. Quit comparing your fruit to other folk. Are you here in your own season? So God is feeding what you shall be. He is feeding you what you shall be because it's coming. All those years when I was running a vacuum cleaner at my daddy's church and I had messages coming into my heart and I was scrubbing them toilets and I had them sermons that were popping in me and I was taking the trash out I was 12 years old and God was popping sermons in me and I was so young when I was cleaning the church nursery, when I was mowing the church yard and doing all of it for free. I didn't get paid for none of that. It was my reasonable service. It was what you did. You just came and you devoted yourself to the work of God. And I had sermons popping in me, Brother Donald. I had the word coming up in my spirit. All those years, I had messages in me, but I had nowhere to preach them. I had all kinds of sermons that were coming into me. All those things that God was speaking to me about leadership, but I didn't have anywhere to exercise it. Didn't have no class to teach it to. Didn't have no disciples, didn't have anybody. And I couldn't understand why God was giving me revelations when it seemed that I had no place to reveal it to anybody. I didn't understand what was coming. I didn't know then that God was preparing me. He was feeding me for what I shall become. I didn't know it was coming, but it was coming. 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 
I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're single and God keeps giving you concepts about marriage, God is feeding you what you shall be. Oh, come on, church. God told you to buy a suit because you're going to need it for the next job. He's sending you to, he's getting you ready. He's grooming you. You're getting ready to go where you've never been. He is feeding you for your due season. Come on, somebody say amen. He said he will bring forth in his fruit in his own season and his leaf also will not wither. God will sustain you in that season. Hallelujah. And this is where I want to, to land tonight because the Bible said whatsoever he does shall prosper. Before I take my seat tonight, I want you to comprehend this. Whatever you do shall prosper. I feel like saying that again. Whatever you do shall prosper. God cannot bless what you do not do. Lord, I just want to be used, but you don't come to church. I just want the Lord to use me. And you don't pray. And you don't posture yourself in alignment to be blessed. God cannot bless what you won't do. He cannot bless what you will not do. He can, can't bless it. The blessing is in the action. It's in the action. You got to stop praying for God to bless what you're not doing. Stop praying for God to bless what you're not doing. Hello, Bethel. It's Johnny Cash. Stop. Stop. Stop praying for God to bless what you're not doing. You're asking God to bless dysfunction. God cannot bless dysfunction. He can only bless function. He says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God blesses doers, not just thinkers, not just dreamers, not just wishers. God said, if you do something for me to bless, then I'll bless it. I cannot bless what you will not do. Now I want to drill this tonight into us because one of the things that I've noticed about the believers and Christians is that we underestimate the effort of doing. They think that if they just hit at it and God didn't bless it, then they give up. You got to do it harder. You got to do it longer. You got to do it with tenacity. You got to do it with commitment. It's not as easy as it was advertised. So what happens when you grossly underestimate the intensity of the effort? You are shocked by the drama and so you run away from the process. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I thought when I came to Indianapolis, everybody was going to love me. I thought when we came to Bethel Family Worship Center, everybody was going to say, oh, we're so glad you're here. Let's follow the Lord. And I found out that not everybody that said they were with me was with me. I could have been shocked by the trauma and ran from the process or I could have stayed with it. But God says, if you will do it, I will bless it. I will bless what you do. I will bless what you do. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It's a testing 
for your blessing? Do you want it bad enough to do what it takes to get it? Yesterday, when I got home from work, I noticed that there were some big boxes on the doorstep. I had ordered some things for the patio and I wanted to get it off the doorstep and I parked my truck, went inside and our grandson was there. And I, you know, when, when he's there, you just like put everything in on hold because he just go around tearing everything up. He wants you, he wants everything and he gets my undivided attention. And yes, he's got me wrapped around his little pinky. But when I walked around the corner into the family room, I saw he was there and he saw me and he started grunting for me, raising his hands. Ooh, ooh, he wanted me, reaching for me. He wanted me. I'm gonna tell you something, that's, that's an amazing feeling. You know, he wants me, he wants me. Well, really he wants anybody that'll pick him up out of the playpen. Come on. <laughs> anybody that's got food, come on. You got food, he's your best friend. Come on, smile. But I knew he wanted me. And I knew I had to get them boxes off the porch because, you know, you can't trust everybody. Some people steal what's not theirs. And so I picked him up and we laughed and we wrestled and we tickled and we had fun. And I put him in his little walker and, and I said, now I'll be right back. Papa's got to go to the door. I got to get these boxes like he can understand me. I got to get these boxes off the, off the board. I'll be right back. And I walked out of the room. And when I walked out of the room, he let out a sound to let me know he was not having it. He was not happy at all. I heard his little feet pitter-patter. I heard that little walker begin to stretch across the carpet till it got to the hardwood. And it started coming, and he come right behind me, and he was yelling at the top of his lungs. He was yelling at me. He was yelling for me. I, I don't know which one it was all together. I stepped out on the porch, and he must have thought I was leaving. And then I heard a sound come out of him I'd never heard. He let out a shout. He let out a shout, and it got got my attention. Listen, he mustered everything he could to get my attention because he thought that I was leaving him and closing the door behind me. I've come to tell you, you have got to muster up something in you and do whatever God put on your heart. God said, I'll bless whatsoever you do it. You know, listen, you have got to have some energy about you that says, I'm not quitting. I'm not backing up. Yes, the last four months have been crazy, but it's time to get back in the rhythm. It's time to stop finding excuses. It's time to say, God, I'm going to give it my all, and you're going to hear from me something you have never heard. A new shout, a new praise, and a new song is coming out of me. I want you to stand to your feet, if you will. And I want you to look to your neighbor and say, you've got to give it your all. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Delight and meditate in the Lord. Be not conformed, but be transformed. God wants to bless you. What did we learn tonight? Write this down. Planted. Here it is on the screens. It means stability. You shall be like a tree who is planted. If you want to be blessed tonight, then you must become like a tree. Have some stability about you. People say, you still go over to that church? Yeah, it's called stability. <laughs> oh, you can't preach like this to everybody. You still go over there? Yeah, it's called faithfulness. It's called commitment. Boo. I'm too old. And too aware to be out here freestyling. I'm planted. It's called stability. And then to be fruitful, which is timing. You got to let fruit develop. Some of you like your bananas green. Some of you may like them just a tad yellow. Some of you may like them all the way yellow. Some of them may like them with brown spots on them. 
Some of you like it so mashed up, so bruised up, it looked like it'd been in a horror movie. But I want you to know this, that there's a timing to everything. Your fruit comes in time. There's a dimension to the timing of God. I did not know when God was giving me all those messages when I was running the sweeper at 13 years and 12 years old and nowhere to preach them. I didn't know what was coming. There's a timing. There's a timing. And then lethal. This is a Russellonian here, lethal. That means sustained. Lethal. He sustained me. When I, when the sun was hot, when it was 90 plus, water was sparse, my leaf did not wither. Somebody said, oh, how'd you make it through that? Leafful. Oh, what does that mean? He sustained me. Oh, I thought, I thought you said by now God was going to do this for you. I'm holding on to my promise. He's sustaining me. What do you mean he sustained you? He sustained me because I'm not going to birth an Ishmael. I'm going to wait for my Isaac. I was lethal. I was sustained in my time when things were uncertain. And then there was the due to be prosperous. That whatever you put your hand to, it shall prosper. And I feel like releasing this to somebody tonight because the Bible says that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's someone here tonight, the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I really sense you're here. And there's just, an, a, just a, a longing, a longing in your soul. God said, this is your night. He's going to plant you. He's going to plant you to the degree that you're going to be refreshed again. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. He's going to plant you to the place where rivers are going to nourish you. Would you bow your head for a moment? And those of you watching at home, just stay in prayer with us. I know it's easy to be distracted, but stay in prayer with us. Holy Spirit, whatever you would speak to us, that there would be one or two or three or, or whoever, God, or whosoever, would say, Lord, I want to be a tree planted by the rivers of water. If that's you tonight, then begin to cry out to God in your spirit. And ask the Lord to plant you. Ask the Lord to come and take full possession of your life. And say, Lord, plant me. Let me be like a tree planted by the river. Let me be forth fruitful in my season. That my leaf would not wither. And whatsoever I do would prosper. Father, you speak to the heart of your people. You would train us up tonight. You would tell us what not to do, only to tell us what to do. You would tell us what to steer clear of. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't let this world and its, and its agendas and its unrighteous, some of its unrighteous movements, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And God said, you will be blessed. Do not stand in the ways of the sinner. Don't act like the world. Don't live like the world. Don't join in the way of the world and you will be blessed. Don't sit in bitterness. Don't become full of all kinds of vile things that have caused you to become plastic. You can't even cry anymore. You're not tender-hearted anymore. You don't love people like you used to. Do not sit in the seat of the scornful. And God said you will be blessed. But if you meditate on the Lord and take your delight in him and be not conformed but rather transformed inside, you will be blessed. 
You'll be like a tree that is planted by the water whose leaf will not wither. <laughs> You'll be nourished by the river. And there is a river in you that God wants to nourish tonight. As your head is bowed for a moment, you would say, Pastor, that's me. God's speaking to my heart. He's speaking to me. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking but me. God bless you. 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 I see you in the balcony. God bless you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I see you in the back. God bless you. Hands are raised all over this house. Now I want everybody to slip your hands up if you're able as an act of surrender. You, lifting your hands is a universal sign for surrender. We're not surrendering to the enemy. We're surrendering to the king tonight. Jesus, take my heart. Take everything that I am. Take all that I am, all that I've been, all that I have ever thought I would be. Transform me from the inside out. God, I don't want to be churchy. I don't want to be conformed to this world. I just don't want to do things to fit in with people. Transform me. Change me on the inside as I repent and cry out to you that you would change me. Holy Spirit, do your very best work in us. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Come on, church. Say that out loud with me. Come into my heart and cleanse me. Purify me, Lord. I repent of all things that I may have ever done, knowing or unknowingly. And I ask you to cleanse me now. Plant me. Come on, say it. Plant me by the river. God calls me to be fruitful in my season. Lord, keep my leaf from withering and prosper what I do. Come on and thank the Lord. Begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. <laughs>